right, all right, all right. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode of Carl Buys Houses. My name's Carl Krenzel, your host here today, here to help you with your real estate questions. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, what I'd like to talk with you about is why your home is worth 20% less today than you thought it was. Yeah, that's exactly right. Why your home is worth 20% less today than you think it is. Now, I know I can already hear you in the background, but Carl, you're a real estate agent. You're a realtor. You're a a guy who buys houses. You're a foreclosure agent. You're just going to tell us this stuff to scare us so you can buy our homes on the cheap and make lots of money because you're a filthy capitalist. You know, that's certainly... A motivation that some people might have. Uh, but the reality is, however, a lot uh, less sinister. Let me just be honest with you why I'm saying your home is worth 20% less today than you think it is. It's not to hurt your feelings. It's not to be uh, angry or to get clickbait or anything like that. No, I'm here today to try and share with you 24 years worth of experience as a foreclosure agent here in Tucson. Now, I know for some people, That doesn't mean much, but let me assure you at the end of today's podcast, you'll understand exactly why I'm saying your home is worth 20% less today than you think it is. So this podcast comes because someone had written to me today at Carl Buys Houses on Facebook, on my uh, Facebook page there. If you have not yet already gone to Facebook Uh, If you're a boomer like me, if you're an old guy like me and you are on Facebook, then certainly I would recommend you check out Carl Buys Houses, like and follow my page because I put out a lot of content that's real estate related that I feel is going to affect you in the Tucson market. Now, please keep in mind, my intention is true. I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm just trying to be honest with you. And the reason why I'm trying to be honest with you is because I feel that we are on the precipice of the greatest depression America has ever known. And I'd like to make a few points to illustrate why that is and more practically what this means for you as a home buyer and a home seller here in the Tucson area. Now, keep in mind, it does not matter. It really doesn't. I, I, I want your business. I want to work with you. I'm a, I'm a vet here in town. I want to work with you. But honest to goodness, if you think that I need to go ahead and scare you to get your business, well, you're, you're just wrong. As an REO agent, as a foreclosure specialist, I get business from banks. And if you listen to what I'm about to tell you and you believe as I do, then you will understand that I don't need to scare you to make money. Because there are a lot of people in Tucson and across Arizona right now who are not going to listen to this podcast. They're not going to listen to anything I have to say. They're never going to hear of me. They're going to do what they're going to do. And they're going to get foreclosed on. And when they do, I'll be there. Not because it's a mean thing. Not because I'm, I'm the guy with the black hat tying your grandma to the railroad tracks. No, it's because I'm the guy who's by paid by the bank to go ahead and make this happen. And quite honestly, out of all the realtors here in Tucson, I honestly think I'm the best one at it. You know, I get people the most money possible for cash for keys. I get them time to leave. I I give them a lot of opportunities 
to move before they're foreclosed on. But none, notwithstanding any of this, the letter came in today from Alex Soto. He's a, he came into Carl Buy's houses and he, he wrote down to me, he says, hey, listen, uh, he says uh, to me and Carl, he says, Carl, uh, right now I'm in the process of a loan to get my first home. Do you think it's a good idea to buy? The reason is because interest rates are low and it's something similar to what's happening in 2008 and 9 and why it went down. And I've been thinking about this all day. Now, I told him, I promised him, and Alex, shout out to you. Thank you for answering or asking this question because you're asking a question that a lot of Tucsonans have on their mind. And today I'd like to talk with you about why this is a bad time to buy a home unless you're getting it at a really good deal. Let's go ahead and talk about this. Now, right from the outset, today is May 1st. Arizona has been extended for another 15 days on a lockdown. We have 330 or less deaths in our state. Meanwhile, across the United States, there are 30 million Americans who are unemployed. And despite $484 billion in assistance, business filings for bankruptcy and Chapter 11 have risen sharply in March. And nobody really knows what's going to happen in April. Now, we're still waiting to see what happens with those numbers. Now, in 2008, just for some perspective, 160,000 bankruptcy filings were between 2008 and 2010. That were 160,000 businesses that, poof, vanished. Now, think about where we are today. Airlines, travel, energy, retail, restaurant and service businesses, all the trades and fields are affected by this lockdown. Now, when you, and I'm not a smart man, but I'm smart enough to recognize as a home buyer myself, as a home seller myself, I buy and sell real estate all the time. I'm in this business, so I'm just like you as a homeowner. Okay, don't, don't, get, don't get this twisted. When I say your home is worth 20% less, I'm talking about my home too, okay? It's affecting me. Now think about it. When you have unemployment in this magnitude, that means there are fewer qualified buyers. I don't care what any realtor tells you. I don't care what any uh, economist from the National Association of Realtors, Lawrence Yun, I don't care what anybody tells you. When you have 30 million people on unemployment rolls, the very last thing they're going to buy is a new home. Now, you can say that doesn't affect Tucson in the same magnitude that it might affect New York or California or Florida, but you're incorrect. Because remember, this affects all trades, and Arizona is a tourist trade. We get people who fly here. We have energy market. We have restaurant and service businesses. Everybody's equally affected here. Unemployment means fewer qualified buyers. The second reason is forbearance. Right now, more than 6% of American homeowners are in forbearance. 6%. Now, if you extrapolate this, 
Okay. That's an awful lot of people. Millions of homeowners right now, unable to buy or sell a home. They're, they're forbearance. They're in a forbearance situation. Now, you can say to yourself, well, gosh, once they get their jobs back, once the economy picks up on May 16th, when we're all allowed to go outside and play again, well, then they'll be able to go ahead and do what they need to do. Is that really so? Is that homeowner who's been asking to not pay his rent in April and May all of a sudden going to have eight, nine hundred dollars? Uh, I'm sorry, he's going to have two, three thousand extra dollars laying around so he can go ahead and make his payments? Is that, is that how that's going to happen? How about with his car payments? Car loans right now are almost in default in a magnitude of 10. If they can't qualify, if they, if they can't make their payments now, if they're in forbearance, well, then they're not going to be able to qualify to buy a home as a step-up home or a step-down home. Let's say they're in a home right now, a, a young family in a condo with a baby, and, and things are getting tight now. Maybe there's another one on the way, right? Bless God, they've been in, they've been in quarantine here for 45 consecutive days. There, maybe there's a quarantine baby on the way. And they want to move. But the problem is they have forbearance on their, on their current situation, their condo or their little tiny two-bedroom or whatever. And because of this, they're not going to be able to go ahead and buy your three-bedroom, two-bath home in central Tucson for $200,000 for the next 12 months. Amen. That's the rule. If you if you asked for forbearance by the CARES Act, it's not supposed to affect your credit. That's the rule. But in practice, what they're doing is marking in your notes in the comments section that you asked for forbearance. And because of this, this now gives you a negative outlook on your on your ability to buy a property. When you take out 30 million homeowners, I'm sorry, 30 million Americans out of the workforce, you take 30 million potential home buyers out of the buying population. When you have another 10 million people, 6% of the American homeowners who are in forbearance, they're unable to buy as step-up buyers. Now you have even fewer buyers. You could say, well, gosh, you know, this is not like 2008, Carl. Don't worry. Yes, it's not like 2008. You're right. It's not like 2008. It's even worse. Think about it right now. In the mortgage requirements have become even stricter. Chase is now requiring a FICO score of 700 with 20% down to buy a new home. How many people coming out of a 45-day lockdown when they've not been able to receive their unemployment checks, they've not been able to receive any kind of SBA or any kind of PPP assistance or any even state unemployment because they're a gig worker, how are they going to afford your home? They might have a 700 credit score, but they certainly won't have 20% of your $200,000 home. That's $40,000 in cash. How many people... In Tucson, Arizona, have $40,000 in cash sitting in a bank account right now with a 700 credit score that can go out and buy your $200,000 home. And coincidentally, I'd like to add, the median sales price in Tucson is about 226. So it's more than $40,000 that they got to have in cash. If they had $40,000 in cash and a 700 credit score, 
What makes you think they're going to pay full price right now? Think about this. Wells Fargo's up theirs to 680 with a 20% down. When you have this sort of credit activity for new loans, this equals fewer buyers. Now, I hate to sound like a broken record, but fewer buyers equals fewer offers. Fewer offers equals lower prices. Now, I can already hear, uh, trust me, in 24 years of doing this, this is not my first rodeo and it isn't my first crash. I've been around the block a time or three, okay? So when I'm telling you things, I'm not telling you because I just read it out of somebody's blog and I'm making it up as I, as I go along. No, understand, I know what they're going to say. They're going to say, well, Carl, that's offset by 25% reduction of the inventory. There's 25% fewer single-family residences on the Tucson MLS. Don't let them sit there and tell you that I'm not saying that it's local uh, statistics, local MLS statistics show that the Tucson multiple listing service is 25% fewer homes in inventory. And they're going to tell you that means it's a wash, Carl. Don't worry. It's a wash. Amen. I know all those law, those big companies that are going to sit there and tell you with their fancy graphics that it's just a wash because fewer buyers with fewer homes equals a static market. But this is where you're wrong. Your fancy charts, your prognostications, your hopes and wishes and dreams for the future do not take into account the Rio and the short sales that are coming. The REO REO sales, the real estate owned, the foreclosures and the short sales that are about to hit the market, including Tucson, are going to be biblical in proportion. Don't believe me? You're going to say, I can hear it. You're going to say, well, wait a minute, Carl. The interest rates are so low right now and people have so much equity that they're not going to have to sell short because they have more equity in their home and they're not going to worry about it. That is where you're incredibly wrong. Here's how I know you don't know what you're talking about when you say that, because you're not taking into consideration the collateral damage. Look, what happens in a neighborhood when a foreclosure happens? Okay, let me just tell you. Real, if you've been listening on the podcast for a while, you've been hearing about a a foreclosure that I just recently acquired that I'm working for the bank. I'm going to be going out there here today or tomorrow, and I'm going to check out the property. We've had it rekeyed. I've had it cleaned out, and I'm going to take some pictures, and I'm going to do the BPO. Now, understand, this particular property was owned by a local homeowner here in Tucson. They tried to sell the home on MLS for $750,000. Then they ultimately got a contract. They had to reduce the price and reduce the price and reduce the price. And ultimately in December of 2019, they received a contract for 639,000 and the deal fell apart. Now I'm no expert, but right around that time, December, January, February in particular, that's when you started seeing seeing all the jumbo loans start to seize up. If you want to buy a home of that magnitude in Tucson, you need a jumbo loan. And if you don't have a jumbo loan, well, then you're going to have to pay cash. And there's just 
a lot of people who don't want to pay three quarters of a million dollars for a property in an unstable environment. And needless to say, they started facing foreclosure because they were beginning behind in their payments. They had all kinds of equity. They dropped the price to $449,000 in order to go ahead and sell the property. And yet they still were unable to sell the property. It was foreclosed. They lost all of their equity and they're now out of the home. This was just weeks ago. I'm not talking about something that happened two, three, four years ago. I'm talking about something that happened less than three weeks ago. Less than three weeks ago, people were swimming in that pool, sunning on the deck and having a barbecue in the backyard. And today I'm going in that home and I'm trying to determine how cheaply we're going to be able to sell it for. Oh, sure. The bank's going to want to get the most money possible. But if it's been on the market for 449000 and it didn't sell... And now it's in worse condition because they took the air conditioners unit, the units with them. Well, what do you think? It's not going to sell for 449. No, in this environment, it's going to sell for 400. And if it sells for 400, what do you suppose that's going to do to the neighbor next door? The guy who's been paying his bill, the guy who's been making his mortgage payments on time, every time. How, how much is the sale of that REO property going to affect him? Now, a realtor is going to probably tell you, eh, it's not going to affect it much because it's just one. It's just one comparable. That's it. And one comparable does not a value make. And that is true. But here's why your home's worth 20% less. Because that man right there lost his home and everything he owned in it, all the equity, all the sweat, all the patience, all the love, everything, gone. And we're going to sell it. And then the neighbor next door, when he tries to sell his property, that's one comparable. It was sold for less. It was sold as is. And it becomes a comparable. And you're right. One comparable does not a value make. But what happens? What happens May 16th? Do you know anybody right now who's having a little marital problem? Do you know anybody right now who's having trouble with their spouse? Do you know anybody right now who's thinking maybe they might get a divorce? Bless God, there are a lot of people out there right now who are struggling not only financially because 30 million people have become suddenly unemployed, but because of other reasons of being confined in a home for 45 days with their spouse. What happens when you have a couple who bought a home last year, maybe two years ago, and now for whatever reason, I don't know, secrets come out, they decide to get a divorce. Maybe somebody went to Las Vegas. I don't know. Who knows? But for whatever reason, they decided to get a divorce. Now, when they get a divorce, there's usually more owed on the home than the property values have increased in the past five years. Now, it's true. If you've owned a home for more than five years, right now, if you put your home on the market today with a competent real estate agent and you try to sell it, then yes, you will more than likely be able to get your money out. More than likely. Today. But... If you've owned your home for less than five years 
and you decide you, you got to sell your home for one reason or another, bless God, if you've owned your home for less than two years, maybe you got married, you know, you found your, bli- your, your blushing bride, you, you carried her over the threshold and everybody's happy and, 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 and two years later, you're screaming at each other and somebody's packing the bags and leaving. Somebody's got to keep making that mortgage payment. Is it going to be you? It's going to be her? Or are you both just not going to give a damn? Because a lot of people in my experience just don't give a damn. They say, you know what? Forget it. I'm done. I'm out. And they walk away. And then the next thing you know, whoever's left is left with the mortgage in the house. And then they've got to make some tough decisions. When they put the home on the market, they discover that they owe more on the home than it's actually worth. It didn't appreciate in the last two years as much as you thought it would. And it certainly didn't appreciate as much to cover your commissions or your closing costs. So now what do you do? Well, you talk to your friend, you talk to your financial advisor, you talk to your mom, your dad, whoever. They say, look, maybe you might want to consider a short sale. And you say, well, what's a short sale? You do a little bit of research and you discover, well, gosh, you can sell this property despite what you owe, walk away and get no tax on it, no deficiency on it. And we're able to clear yourself of this name and just sell it for less than you owe. And by the way, it's free. So your neighbor decides, you know what? Fine. I'm not going to make any money on this house anyway. I don't care. I'm just trying to save my credit. I don't want a foreclosure on my record. Let's just do it. So they put the home on the market. How does this happen? Well, In order to get considered for a short sale, you've got to go and be in deficiency. You've got to be behind in your payments. So you stop making your payments for three or four months. Listen, folks, this just because it's not going to happen tomorrow doesn't mean it won't happen. Arizona is a a non-deficiency state and a trustee sale state at that, which means that unlike East Coast Coast states like uh, New York or Massachusetts or uh, some of these other states like that that have strict mortgage laws that take years to go ahead and go through the process, Arizona, you're out 90 days. Bless God, as soon as that mortgage foreclosure and eviction ban is lifted, the evictions will begin. The foreclosures will begin. People are going to try and get their money back because they don't want to be the last one standing when the music stops. So when the short sale happens, in order for you to get considered, you go behind in your payments three or four months. And in order for you to get a sale, you have to reduce your price a massive amount. 20% price reductions are not uncommon in a short sale situation. I've been in this game 24 years. I have sold hundreds of short sales, hundreds of foreclosures. I assure you, this is how it works every time. Anybody who was not in 2008 and did not work in foreclosures and telling you something other than what I'm telling you does have, they have no basis by which to make that, that, that allegation. They have no basis to, 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 to say that to you. 
I'm saying it to you because I was there. I was the one knocking on the door, throwing people out. And bless God, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs to get you to understand that what's about to happen is about to happen in a really bad way. Because when they drop the sales price on a short sale, they do it so you will stay in the game. The, the, the underst understand with a short sale, the process takes three, four, five, six months sometimes. And if that's the case, the buyer has to be incentivized to stay. They're not going to pay full retail price when they know you're not making a penny and they have to wait four months. They will pay less. And when they pay less, imagine what that does to the neighborhood. Now you got the home that I foreclosed on, just that one. And maybe, you know, maybe just in that same neighborhood, it's possible. I, I could be guessing, maybe I'm wrong. But it's possible that somebody in that neighborhood could be considering getting a divorce right this moment. And when they get a divorce, they're going to get a short sale because they've owned their home for less than two years. And the home's going to be sold for 20% less because that's the way you sell a short sale. And the next one happens. What happens when you sell? You've been responsible. You weren't like the other people in 2008 who refinanced and bought a jet ski. No, you were responsible. You paid your bill. Maybe you refinanced to a lower rate so you could go ahead and save some money. You saw your equity increase over the past 10 years to untold levels. Well, what happens when you sell? So you put your home on the market. If you put your home on the market today, today, right now, May 1st, you put your home on the market today. If you've owned your home for more than five years, there is an opportunity for you to get every single penny that you put into it out. But that window is rapidly closing, rapidly closing. And if you think your home is worth what you think it's worth, understand the real value of your home right now is 20% less. It is because the short sales and the REOs around you become comparables. And it doesn't matter what good your home is if the home down the street has need of repair, but I can pick it up for $20,000 less. Buyers will do that every time. It's worth less right now, but nobody's figured it out yet. Understand this. The federal government is printing up trillions of dollars. Trillions of dollars. Adding it to the monetary system. It dilutes your purchasing power. And this is done to stop deflation. In the Great Depression, the biggest problem that the people had was deflation. People had cash, but they wouldn't spend it. They didn't spend it. And because they didn't spend it, the velocity of money is slow. And when the velocity of money is slow, it makes it hard for your, your, your suppliers to go out and produce goods to sell to the consumer. And when the consumer, consumer is holding on to the cash, well, then it's hard for the producer to hire you to go dig the trench or mine the gold or whatever it is you do. But 
Why they are doing this now is printing this money so there's more money into the system to increase the velocity of money, increase the spending. But the contrary to this is it causes inflation. And we've tripled the size of the monetary debt right now, even as we speak. Now, there are people who will tell you, look at the stats, look at the sales. They're going up. The prices are going up. The interest rates are going down. It's a great team to buy. Have you not learned anything? Have you not learned anything? Look around you. 30 million people are out of work. Bread lines are down the street for hours. People are storming capitals with weapons for crying out loud in protest. And you mean to tell me that your home values are going to remain the same when there's fewer buyers, inflation, fewer homes? Look, you can sell your home for a higher price, but not for long. Because if you're buying a property today, you're inheriting the whirlwind. Your money is made on the buy, not the sale. And if they're stubborn right now, if you're a homeowner right now and you're stubborn on your price, or if you're a home buyer right now and you're dealing with a homeowner who's stubborn on their price, wait six months. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Listen, tell me what you think about this in the comments section below. Share this with your friends. Like, rate, and subscribe. And as always, have a powerful sales day. Bye-bye.